Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $20 on the steel MS-162 or MS-170 chainsaw. Real steel. Offer valid through June 30th, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Live from the 6th and Peabody studio and across the OutKick network, this is OutKick 360 with Jonathan Hutton, Chad Withrow, and Paul Kuharski. Just like that, the Just final like- hour is here. OutKick 360 on this Thursday edition. We're going to get into the uh, Southeastern Conference and the Vegas rankings and look ahead to the weekend slate in just a moment. Even when the Buccaneers win on the last second, well, nine seconds to go, drive to to win the game this past week against the Rams, Tom Brady is still extremely honest on his podcast, the Let's Go podcast, where he gave up what he felt like was the biggest issue with the Buccaneers team this year. And he answered it honestly with Jim Gray, as he always does with Jim Gray. What's Jim doing now, by the way? Other that than that podcast. Pod- that podcast. I mean, it's amazing. Um, Freelance and, work, I guess. <laughs> I guess. And I guess Westwood won as well. I guess he still yeah. does that. But Todd Bowles disagrees Westward. with Tom Brady. Westward, call it, please. Yes. Uh, Tom, uh, Todd Bowles disagrees with Tom Brady on this assessment. But here's Brady's comments on what the biggest issue has been this season. There's definitely some things we do well. There's a lot of things we don't do well, and I think too much of good, bad, good, bad, good, bad leaves you average, and no one's trying to be average. If you want to be a great team, you've got to be way better than average. So correcting our mistakes, improving our effort, which that's probably the most embarrassing part of our team is our effort level on game day. That's something we better fix. This past week, that after goes a win. straight to the and head And now coach. they're headed to Germany. That goes straight to the head coach effort. Todd Bowles, his reaction. It was huge to beat the Rams after losing three weeks in a row. You get, a, you get very sour and you have a very sour taste in your mouth for a long time. Not from lack of effort, but lack of execution, lack of doing things right. Now, he's not I mean that. coming across sour there, but... I mean, that's, that's, that's Tom straight Brady up coach versus saying, players. If you're, if you're claiming it's effort, to me... Well, effort uh, listen, is it's controlled all, it's by all the off player. the player. Yeah, it's all players. But And Brady demands way more, but Brady should. We've seen this team be way better. But to me, when you're saying it's an effort thing, you're saying the coach is not getting the players, not getting through to the players. He doesn't have the players playing for him. When the coach is saying execution, he's saying the players aren't doing what we're telling them. Right. So this is a straight, yeah. it's the players right. versus it's the coach battle. And, and, and so Brady's, I think, putting it a little bit on Bowles. And Bowles is, of course, saying, no, no, not me, them. Well, correct the mistake, but he's also saying, I think the players control effort as much as execution. It's, you know what I mean? Like, because uh, Brady's also saying, I mean, he's getting on the receivers and red zone for running certain routes and he's throwing to someone who's not there and he's, you know, he's all up in the grill. Mike Evans, even. But the, he, he also added in the, in the podcast, he said the best teams start playing well around Thanksgiving. That's because you basically figure out where your issues are and you begin to adjust to what you do so well. 
And I mean, they're not even trying to run the football. I've got one big thing on every NFL game. I'll tell you about them. But you want to talk about effort? That's the Seattle Seahawks. Yeah. And that's who they play this week. I think. In Germany. I no, think, no effort issues with that team this year. I think it. Uh, listen, I, I, I think far too much gets put on coaches by fans, generally speaking. It starts with players. But if a team consistently fails to show effort, what do we say? They're not playing for that guy. And I feel like there's been a little bit of that with Tampa Bay, with the switch from Arians, who's a fiery guy, to Bowles, who's a too laid back guy for me, for my style and for my viewing pleasure. And I feel like when you read that, I, that's what I was hearing. Jack, I, I was hearing some of that. Can I put the ball on the tee for you? Sure. When you say they're not playing for that guy, they're not playing for Tom Brady. Yeah. Not Todd Bowles. Yeah, I think it's more of a Brady thing than anything. I, I really think his whole situation, I'll call it, has affected the whole roster. I think leaving training camp affected the roster more than anyone wanted to let on. Uh, I think the leaving during the middle of the week affected the roster more than anyone wanted to let on. The wedding. I watched that game, and Mike Evans, who's a great player, like, there are times where I think, just reach two hands out to catch the ball. He's got this thing where he loves to try to make the highlight real catch when it's not necessary. You could easily extend two arms and catch the football, but instead he's always trying to reach out with one and pull it in. Um, yeah, there, I mean, it's, it's off. It, it's interesting that he's going, and I'm talking about Brady, as far to say this mm -hmm. right now about effort, but if he's seeing that, that's a big problem. When you're calling out professionals for a lack of effort on game day, it's one thing to talk about we got to focus on the details during the week and the install and planning and everything yeah, else in meetings. It's another thing to say it's embarrassing that we, we lack effort on game day. That's not good. Yeah, if you want to be a great team, you have to play, be way, way better than average, correcting our mistakes, improving our effort, which that's probably the most embarrassing part of our team is our effort level on game day. Yeah, I can hear something I've got to we've got to fix. I could hear players saying that and say, well, effort starts with showing up. And you were gone for a chunk of camp. You're gone on Wednesdays. Paul, I mean, you were late gone. that Saturday this when you guy, went to that wedding. He he's second in the NFL in passing yards, and he's only thrown one interception all season. Just keep that in mind. I know he doesn't get him in the end zone. Is is the thing that's missing? They, they don't even try to run the football. They don't. They they can't. So they don't try. It is. It is. And they lead their division at four and five. With the third easiest schedule yeah. based on winning percentage. But they're not good. I mean, you, you, nobody's no, no, projecting no. them to do any, uh, you know, the, the projection in the playoffs is, well, Brady in the playoffs maybe, you know, does the, his magical thing, but it doesn't is, look good. If you're the, you know, three seed mm -hmm. and you get them as the six seed, you don't want to see Tom Brady in that matchup coming to your place. That's what you don't want come playoff time. But no, they're not very good right now. And, and maybe he's right and it's an effort issue. There's just a disconnect this season with that whole group. And, Hutton, we talked about this. You, you mentioned the preseason. The roster's not that good. I didn't I think, think it he was. was. I think he was overvaluing the roster they well, had coming back. The offensive line, yeah, certainly. That's where the it starts. It. And then they were already losing guys in the O-line, and then they got hurt. hurt. And they started the season with a third-string center that was playing backup tackle. Jensen going down was really bad after Marpet retired. Then you're down two key interior guys. Yes. And it goes south from there. Uh, coming up, one big thing on every NFL game for week 10. First, though, 
we turn our attention to the Southeastern Conference. SEC Vegas rankings. We do this each week courtesy of PhilStill.com. We take you behind his paywall where he has every team in the nation ranked through the, the eyes of Las Vegas, which is who would be favored, ranked one through, what is it, 130? 131, 131. I think is the exact number Vandy now. holding strong and inside 100. Digits. That's the first thing that jumps out at me. Here are the updated rankings, and Chad, Georgia's number one. They jump ahead for the first time this year. For Bama, Bama's always been one or two. And it's Bama's been, been ahead of Tennessee the whole time. And it's been Ohio State there as well. So Ohio State's two here. It's Georgia, Alabama at three, Tennessee at five, LSU at seven, Ole Miss at 13, Mississippi State at 18, Arkansas at 20, Kentucky at 25. I'll stop at 25, but look at the number of SEC teams in the top 25 versus how we view them through the lens of the SEC rankings, the standings. And on a neutral field, far and away. You can see why the committee values wins within the SEC because on a neutral field, they would be favored in Las Vegas on a, against any other conference in the nation. Kentucky's right now. Well, too they're, high. They're still. valuing wins over SEC um, until we get to the final day and they're going to value a conference championship and they're going to say Oregon belongs in over Tennessee even though Tennessee has all these great SEC wins. So they're going to change. I say that to say they're going to change their argument three times before they get to the end about what they really value. But here's what Vegas shows you and it's the best determination as to what actually is going on. The SEC is still dominant. All those teams in the top 25, you've got Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee in the top five, LSU at seven. I actually want to start at number 98 in Vanderbilt. Um, they're going to cover in Lexington this weekend. Kentucky does not score a lot of points. Vandy's defense is scrappy, not very good, but I don't think Kentucky's going to score enough to cover 18. No, they them. barely scored 24 points a game. I, I, think I don't this think they've is, scored more than 24. I think this is like a 27-14 to 14 or 24-14 type game, and they're not going to cover. I, I feel pretty strong about Vanderbilt covering uh, what's a pretty big line in that game. Um, yeah, it's it, here's... We don't have this on the screen, but let's step out of the SEC for one of them. Where do you guys think TCU is ranked, who's currently fourth in the college football playoff? Sixth. Fifteenth. That shows you why TCU is a seven-point underdog this weekend at Texas. Vegas does not value them. They feel like they are a team that has been lucky to win close a bunch this year and that they are 15th. They're two spots behind Ole Miss an Ole Miss team that is a 12-and-a-half-point underdog at home to Bama this weekend. And just, is it Michigan at four? Michigan's four. Okay, so it's Ohio State two, Michigan four, and in between you have Georgia, Alabama, Tennessee in the top five. That's One, a three, really five. strong top five. Yes. If you want to look at just what Vegas thinks, Georgia one, Ohio State two, Bama three, uh, Michigan four, Tennessee five is really, really good. And I, I think it's going to come down, take Alabama out, but I think it's going to come down to those four teams, TCU. I don't think LSU, even with an SEC title, is going to get back in the mix. And I think it's the one loss. Everybody's talking about Oregon, but it could be USC who's going to have an argument also. If they're the one loss Pac-12 champion, that's going to be the big argument at the end of the season. If Tennessee remains with one loss, uh, if Michigan, Ohio State is at least somewhat competitive, I think a big blowout for one team is going to knock them out possibly or really hurt their chance, especially Michigan, who had a terrible non-conference schedule. And that is weighing them down right now. And they have not had a tough Big Ten schedule either. So if they play Ohio State and get blown out, 
I think Michigan's going to be pretty easily out of the top four in the playoff. Our, our, our great producer, Davey Hudson, keeps up with this on a weekly basis for us. So October the 12th, LSU in Vegas on a neutral field was 27th through fieldstill.com. And this week, they're seventh. They've gained 20 spots since the Tennessee game. Since the blowout right after that, um, they end up 21st, 13th, wow, 11th, and now 7th in the nation for Vegas on a neutral. That, I mean, that tells you the value and how Vegas believes. Just And they make money off these spreads on how confident they are in the fact that LSU and the offense, they're not going away. Well, and who's overvalued based on win-loss? I'll give you three that I would say you can argue they're overvalued right now. Arkansas. Mississippi State, Arkansas, Kentucky. Arkansas has been valued heavily by Vegas all year. You know where that shows up? They're only a three-point underdog at home against LSU this weekend. Even after losing to Liberty, it's a very close point spread with Arkansas here's, and Fayetteville. Here's what's interesting about Mississippi State. So this is the lowest we've seen them all season. So just starting back when we started doing this October the 6th, they were 10th, 8th, 10th, 14th, 16th, and now 18th. So they're still just in that. And, and Kentucky's kind of been in the same little 25th through 27th round too, right? All year. I mean, they yeah. jumped up high, like 11, they were in 12, the, like, 13. The, the low teens, yeah. and then they've, they've gone to about this level. I don't understand uh, Arkansas. I mean, they lost to 50 here, A&M. They lost to Liberty. I mean, I know I'm not seeing the other teams to fill in around them, so I probably don't like those teams either, that the non-SEC teams filled in around them. But And they're favored at home this week against LSU. Or excuse me, LSU's favored by only three on the road at, at Arkansas. Yeah, and I wonder what the line would have slim. been had Arkansas just won against Liberty. Because last week, Arkansas was 14th. And they're still, still at home in this game. I think Arkansas is winning that game. They I'm, very calling well it, I'm calling it right now. There's, There's all this talk about LSU and getting in the playoff. That talk's going to end this weekend when they go to Fayetteville and get beat. If K.J. Jefferson plays the whole game, if he's healthy enough to go the whole game. That's the big question. I think that, That's I why think, it's tough to bet on. I think Arkansas is going to beat them. Uh, the win over Cincinnati helps Arkansas. So they're 24th currently in the top 25. Looking at teams out, outside of the SEC. Where's like where BYU? Where they are in the Vegas rankings. Are they in the top 50? BYU's been bad. They're like 4-5 and five on the year. And they're good, I mean, they're good at home. BYU's 46th. Okay. So BYU so, is still four spots ahead of Texas A&M and five spots ahead of Missouri. LSU has played 212 snaps without a turnover. That helps. That'll they, help, yeah. They, that, they lose help. if they turn it over. Um, they're winning on the road as long as they protect the football in this game. I'm believing in them. They've scored on 10 of 13 second-half drives in their last three games. So they're, they're closing it out. They're answering scores. Um, Your rooting interest, Chad, is for them to win, right? They're I mean, still you very slow starters. to be great. Still very slow starters. So that's why Vegas is saying it's a tight window game at the end because it's going to be tight at halftime. But again, LSU, as long as they don't turn it over, which they haven't throughout this stretch, guys, they're fine. Guys, in the Vegas ratings right now, Miami, the Hurricanes, are ranked 74th. That is behind UAB at 71. 
Coastal Carolina at 72. Wow. San Jose State, the Spartans at 73. Miami 74, then Arizona 75, Marshall 76, Tulsa 77, Georgia State 78. This is the company that Miami is keeping these days. Well, not what they're saying. Nebraska, by the way, 83rd. (laughs) So Miami and Coastal Coastal Carolina on a neutral field. If they're playing in a bowl game today. Coastal Carolina's favored. Well, if they're not, at worst, it's a pick'em. Pick'em. Yep. That's amazing. I'd like to see UAB, that UAB, same thing. Well, you're not going to see that game because they're not going to be bowl eligible, is my guess. I mean, I'm just saying, like, the yeah. program-to-program comparison and where we thought they would be this year. I'm trying to find that the lowest Power 5 team in the rankings is Colorado at 123 out of 131. Um, final thought here on the rankings, based on Vegas uh, at philstill.com. Georgia and Ohio State are actually tied at number one, meaning it would be a pick'em if they played right now for the title. And so there's no two. Do you guys want to know the last, the worst team in all of FBS, according to Vegas? The the bottom two teams. Hawaii? Hawaii is 130, Hutton, second to last. Dead last? Got to go up to New England. Oh. UMass. (laughs) I would have never guessed UMass is dead last. Florida International, 129. Uh, Davey Hudson sent me this also. Speaking of Nebraska, who's currently 83rd in the rankings, Mm -hmm. now that Kansas is bowl eligible with their sixth win this past Saturday, the the only Power 5 team that has not been bowl eligible since 2017 is Nebraska. Every other Power 5 team, now that Kansas has crossed it off the list, has at least been bowl eligible since the year 2017 in the last five years. Except Nebraska. Ah, that's a badge of honor right there. Isn't that amazing, though, when you think of the Nebraska of our youth, that they're the well, one not even of, of the our last youth. five years not uh, to get bowl eligible? Nebraska, who can't get to six wins. Nebraska of Bo Pelini, where I mean, eight and four was a disappointment. Yeah. You know, that was nine or ten wins. What was he, 65 Pretty and 23 or something or whatever yeah, it was? Yeah, they were a nine and three program Somebody consistently. Somebody needs to catch up with Scott Frost now. Scott, the person who's going to catch up with Scott Frost is uh, Nick Saban when he hires him as an analyst. <laughs> That's going to be the first time you – I don't think we're going to hear from him until he's working oh, on a staff somewhere. Speaking of analysts, um, Nick Sirianni, head coach of the Eagles, said yesterday or today – I don't know when the press availability was today in Philly. He said that even if Frank Reich is not working for the organization, he will be leaning on Frank Reich for a consultant effort for the offense of the Eagles, even from afar. Just admitted, like, yeah, I'm still, I'm going to call Frank Wright. How many other organizations will be doing that? It could, could they do that immediately? Could they just hire him? He's such a nice guy, too. And I he's known, like he's he's known gonna... for coaching quarterbacks very well. Well, did they put something so into the rules? Wasn't it McDaniels when he was fired or somebody? Remember the Patriots brought somebody back uh, for the playoffs after their season was over and they were fired and they might have put in a rule about well, after the season was over though bringing somebody back because they thought it was an unfair advantage i don't think it, it, there wouldn't be a rule about bringing someone back there'd be a rule about taking someone off the scrap heap to game plan with them that was just with another organization that yeah, would be the rule. He's saying the Patriots well, let him go or he did. left and came back. Somebody that was fired well, elsewhere that, that like was Frank brought would be doing in with Philly. by their old team. And I, I thought maybe something was I don't done know. about That's, it. I don't think it was McDaniels in Denver because that was too long ago. I think it was uh, 
I got. I'm going to have to look it up. Hit us up with your thoughts on the SEC and more at Outkick360 coming up. One big thing on every NFL game for Week 10. That's next on Outkick 360. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Outkick 360 rolls on. So what I was thinking of was in January of 2012, we were talking about a coach rejoining a team to kind of help hurt his old team. After being fired. Yeah, so Josh McDaniels, after he was head coach in Denver, was on Steve Spagnuolo's staff in St. Louis. Spagnuolo was fired at the end of the regular season. The, the Patriots asked for permission from the Rams to interview him got it because they wanted to get off the hook for some money, but he joined the Patriots immediately and coached with the Patriots against the Broncos, who he had previously been head coach of, which looks like a kind of underhanded move. I'm unclear if there was a rule made about that, but clearly it helped. It would help the Patriots to have Denver's former head coach a year removed coming from St. Louis's staff to help them the same year. And makes sense. And that was Bill O'Brien, right, as OC at the time, who then went to Penn State. Am I getting the timeline right? Maybe. In 2012. So he was there during the playoffs and then immediately became OC and then was there for a decade. Yeah. That's interesting. So we were asking the question, like, can Frank Reich just join any organization right now as a consultant, as a – I think he would probably have to get permit. They would probably have to get permission because the Colts are still paying him, but I don't know. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if he'd have to get permission. That doesn't make sense in this instance though. McDaniels had to get permission. And again, I only bring it up because he wasn't just said like, if we're paying him or not, we're going to ask for his help. We're going to, I'm going to call him and get his thoughts on what we're doing. Um, What we're doing. Right now is one big thing on every NFL game for week 10. Uh, the bye weeks this week, Ravens, Patriots, Jets, Bengals. Thursday night football tonight, Falcons at 4-5. and five. They are on the road in Carolina. The Panthers are 2-7. and seven. They have converted a league low 26% of all third down attempts. Rookie first round wide receiver Drake London. Just 155 receiving yards and zero touchdowns. Had a great start in September, and since then, they don't really throw the football. When you're throwing 13, 16 times a game, it's tough for the rookie to really take off, and he, he has it. Those stats, 155 yards over the last six games. Marcus Mariota, he's played three road games on Thursday night football, and according to Action Network, he's 0 for 3 straight up and against the spread on Thursday night football. Those starts would have been against Jacksonville. I wonder if they're telling London and Pitts, like, hey, h- hold on, we're going to get to you next year. I don't know why you would wait when you're four and five. If they win, they're, again, ahead of the division. Yeah, I mean, they got to be thinking uh, playoff possibilities yeah, but they're right not, now. Uh, they're not going to get quantity. They, they might get some quality. They're not going to get quantity. 
Not until they get a quarterback. Yeah. Let's head to Munich. The Seahawks against the Buccaneers. Kenneth Walker third. He's rushed for 100 or more yards in two of the last three games. Five touchdowns over those same three games. He's really taken off. The Bucs, they've lost five of their last seven games, but they still, as of right now, sit atop the NFC South. And they're last in the league in rush attempts. I said earlier today, they don't even try to run the football. Last in the league in rush attempts per game and rush yards per game. Meaning the attempts don't even matter because it's like Mariota throwing the football in Atlanta. They don't try to throw the football. Vikings and Bills. This is really interesting because the Bills remain the favored team hosting Minnesota, who's 7-1. The Bills now 6-2. Josh Allen did not practice again on Thursday. So this is Vegas saying the Bills defense is going to show up against the Vikings offense. The Bills defense, they've held opponents to a league best 11, or excuse me, 14.7. We'll call it 15 points per game. TJ Hawkinson, though, immediately dropped into the Vikings offense in the trade at the deadline from the Lions. Nine passes, 70 yards. Heavily involved in what the Vikings are doing after they put Herb Smith on IR. Great opportunity for the Vikings in this game. Uh, We said it last week. I mean, when do you start to buy them as a legit Super Bowl-type contender? I did so with last week's win. This would be another big step for them going on the road. Sunday weather in Buffalo, high of 41, 40% chance of rain. That's advantage Buffalo because the Vikings didn't run it well a week ago. They only averaged a little over two yards per carry against Washington's defense. Jags on the road in Kansas City. Chiefs 6-2 and two after beating the Titans on Sunday night football. Jacksonville at 3-6. and six. Juju Smith-Schuster, 22 catches, 325 yards, two touchdowns over the last two games. Second option is a big one now for Travis Kelsey in the passing game coming from Mahomes here. The Chiefs, the the third lowest run percentage. Again. Hardman gets the ball a lot too in kind of run-like situations. Travis Etienne can be a guy who keeps the game close for far too long this week. Time of possession, Eight yards. He's been doing that since he's been named truly the number one back after they traded James Robinson. Jacksonville was bad this past week. Yes, this past week. They've been pretty close in a lot of games, just unable to get over the hump in some of these. So curious if they'll be able to play this one close in Kansas City. I doubt it. The Lions and the Bears, two and six against three and six. Chicago has rushed for 225 yards at least that amount, in each of their last four games. And they're coming off of a week where their quarterback, Justin Fields, set a new record for quarterback rushing yards in a single game, passing Mike Vick. Um, The Lions have the second worst run defense in the NFL right now. Justin Fields leads all NFL quarterbacks in rushing, and his 42 rushing first downs, second most in the league behind only Josh Jacobs, running back for the Raiders. Chicago's defense, though, they've allowed 84 points over the last two games. So it could be, surprisingly, a shootout between these two teams. Field's the only thing that makes this game interesting to me, and three weeks ago, right? As little as three weeks ago, I would not have imagined myself saying that. Agreed. And then the Lions beat the Packers, and all of a sudden, you know, 
They're two games out of the playoffs. <laughs> Dan Campbell's back, baby. Who is not two In games out of the playoffs? The Lions, I believe, are like two games out of the wild card right now. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, the Texans. Yeah, the Texans. That's 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 and the Detroit. Answer. And that's soon Indy. Uh, well, yeah, Detroit's not even. Uh, the Browns are on the road against Miami. They're coming off their bye week, and they're coming off the win against the Bengals in prime time. And we said then, hey, before they go in the bye, it's important they get a win because they snapped that losing streak. It was a four-game losing streak before they beat the Bengals. And Tua Tagovailoa is now hosting Cleveland. He has 122 passer rating in his three starts since he returned from the concussion. The Dolphins have allowed at least 24 points. They're averaging that points per game, which is bottom 10 in the NFL. This is Cleveland's last week no. before Deshaun, no? No. No, they've got week 11? two more games after this. I was wondering why we weren't hearing more, hearing more about it, and the reason is because I can't count. Yeah, it'll be. So they've got Cleveland has this week and then the Bucks and, and the Bills, I believe. I thought it was week 11. It's 11 game suspension. 11 games. So it's 11 game 12. suspension. The first game he'll have back will be Texas. at Houston. At on was, December the 4th. That was the big controversy when it was announced. So, of course, his first game back will be against his former team. Speaking of Houston, they are on the road in Jersey. The 1-6-1 and Houston Texans taking on the Giants. The Giants are also, like the Browns, coming off a bye. Great opportunity to get the run game going with Saquon Barkley. He has cooled off uh, with the numbers. He's averaging just under 3.7 yards per carry over the last three games. And, of course, he was really hot from the start. He's cooled off, but this is the team to get going. Prediction. You're feeling as good as you have in a while because you're coming off the rest and you're playing the Texans defense. Prediction. He will heat up. Yep. It's time. I mean, if you can't, I mean, if you, if you need to get right, get right against Houston if you're the Giants. Now is the time. When you see the Texans on the schedule, that's when you know it's time. If you could bid, like, to schedule teams, the bidding <laughs> would be the highest for Houston. Um, the Saints, believe it or not, are a game out of first place in the NFC South as of today. They need a tie tonight. Peter King's Super Bowl pick remains. They're three and five. The Saints. They're on the road against the two and six Pittsburgh Steelers. The Saints have a league worst minus 10 turnover differential. And TJ Watt is back, at least presumed back, for the Steelers this week, coming off their bye week. Broncos on the road here in Nashville to take on the Titans. The Broncos are three and five. The Titans are five and three. Derrick Henry has more rushing yards against stacked boxes eight or more defenders in the box than any NFL running back group. And here are the most rushing yards. The Titans have 388. Henry accounts for 362 against a stacked box. That's more than the Falcons, the Browns, and the Ravens combined um, with their combined depth chart in the backfield. The Titans, though, have been outscored in the second half this season, 99 to 33. Their offense, their offensive play caller, awful after halftime. Dreadful. And just keep that in mind because this is a dogfight type of game. It's always going to be that way with the Tennessee Titans. And they're awful in the second half. And the Broncos defense is pretty good. A defense is keeping them alive. Only the Bills have given up fewer points this season than the Denver Broncos. Mike Vrabel, and the Titans don't score points. They're Mike, totally against them. Mike Vrabel laughs at this stacked box statistic, which he gets asked about periodically because he says, it's the same box. Is the guy at eight yards or is he at 12 yards? Because nobody right. backs up against the Titans for any reason. We've talked about this. Their wide receivers didn't have a catch in their last game. 
Everybody is always focused on Derrick Henry. Maybe that guy is just outside the boundary that categorizes a stacked box. Guess what? He's coming. He'll yeah. be there in just a second. He's not going back. He's coming up. <laughs> He's coming to the line of scrimmage. One direction only. Yes. You can bring a ninth in there if you need to. Right. Bring an 11. Late afternoon starts. The Colts against the Raiders. Jeff Saturday's coaching debut. Um, the nugget here for the betters out there, the Colts are 0-9 against the first half spread this season. Raiders, they have led by at least 17 in three games and lost. So the Raiders build a lead and then they choke. They're playing the Colts that have the odds stacked against them. The Raiders placed Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller on injured reserve today. But still, this is a game they should win based on the talent compared to the chaos in Indy and the fact that they're back home in Vegas hosting this game. How many people, Chad, had both these teams in the playoffs in their preseason prediction? Probably quite a few. Um, I've never been more excited to watch a game amongst losing teams in November than I will be to watch this game. I am pumped up to see what happens with Jeff Saturday. What Good or bad, I'm here for all of it. If they go on a run or he's great and the Colts look different, I'm excited about that. If they look as bad as people predict, I'm excited about that. Either way, I'm watching this game. I have trouble for some reason picturing the guy in a headset. Yeah, I have been thinking about what is he? Is he going to go with the hat? No hat in the headset. He wasn't got wearing quite the hat a visor yesterday. Got quite a bonnet. He had a. Uh, he's, like he a does have a short sleeve pullover on. He's yesterday. got a very good mane of hair. That was it. Very good press conference too. If you haven't seen it with the media, he speaks every day because he has to now. Cowboys. Oh, by the way, real quick on the Colts. Jonathan Taylor, full participant in practice. He's going to play this week. Matt Ryan returned to practice today. He's going to play next week. Maybe this week. I mean, yeah, they sit at, off and, the bench. Yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. But if they go through the run, they can cover and they can pull an upset. Cowboys and Packers. The return of Mike McCarthy to Green Bay happens this week as the Dallas Cowboys at 6-2 and two, off the bye week are on the road in Green Bay against the 3-6 and six Green Bay Packers. The Packers have lost five in a row for the first time since 2008. Aaron Rodgers' passer rating right now is at 89. It's the lowest it's been since he was named the Packers starter in 2008. The Cowboys have a league-high 33 sacks, led by Micah Parsons, who has 12 and a half. And the Packers brought in a safety off waivers, Jonathan Abrams, who was released. Packers end up claiming him this week. They like him on special teams. They are very uh, banged up, the Green Bay Packers roster. Cardinals and Rams. Interesting because Kyler Murray has a hamstring injury. He was at practice today. Matthew Stafford, concussion protocol, and remains there today. And Murray, with the hamstring, he's averaging seven yards per carry. So how mobile can he be, even if he's available for them. Arizona's defense, they have given up 99 points over their last three games, 61 of the 99 in the second half. So we've seen crazier things happen. Both these teams with three wins. I'll I'll see which way I go here tomorrow on the upset picks. I think the spread is the wrong way on this game. John Wolford is the current backup for the Rams. And if they need the backup for him, Bryce Perkins from Virginia is the second string backup if Stafford remains in concussion protocol. John Wolford, I believe, from Wake Forest, and I believe he made my top five worst backup quarterbacks list earlier before the season. I believe he did as well. I think he was four or five on that list. 
Uh, Chargers and 49ers are Sunday night football this week. Chargers are 5-3. and three. 49ers are 4-4. Four and four. The Chargers did not have Keenan Allen or Mike Williams last week against the Falcons and still won the game. Three of San Francisco's four losses have been to teams with losing records currently. And the Chargers again come into this game really banged up on the road in San Francisco. J.C. Jackson again, injured reserve. He's out for the year. Mike Williams has that high ankle sprain he missed last week. And he's been missing significant time for them. And they already have, what, Rashawn Slater, Joey Bosa, who can return but not yet. Feels like a crossroad game for them. Yeah. And for San Francisco. I mean, it's a nice Sunday night football matchup. Yeah, it is a good matchup. Commanders at Eagles. Monday night football. The Eagles have not trailed in the second half at any point this season. Washington's defense against the Vikings, who are now 7-1 after the win at Washington last week. Washington's defense, though, held the Vikings to their second lowest point total of the season. And the Eagles have allowed, if there is a weakness, right now it's running the football against them. They've allowed nearly 600 yards rushing in their last four games combined. So can Washington find a run game on the road in Philly and just make it a sloppy Time of possession, low-scoring game. 11-point spread is big in a division game where the underdog has a defense. Philly, Philly coming off the bye. Keep that in mind. Yeah. Getting a little bit healthier. That feels pretty big. Not that me. they needed it. You know who doesn't believe in Philly? Armando Salguero. No, he does That's not. That's the one. He's the, he's the only one out there. He's not convinced yet. Needs to see more. That is one big thing on every NFL game for week 10. Your favorite game of the week is? My favorite game of the week is the one I just talked about, Colts Raiders, because I want to see Jeff Saturday more than anything else. I'm just intrigued by that whole story and what we're going to be talking about coming out of that game, good or bad. I like Sunday night Chargers 49ers. Um, I hope that lives up to the billing. It's the first time in a while I'll be home after a noon Sunday game and actually able to watch a a Sunday night football game. Uh, two of them for me. Um, Chargers 49ers, I'm with you. And I, I know Chad likes that game too. Vikings Bills with Intriguing. or without Josh Allen. And we get to see how much Buffalo can just lean on their excellent defense against a 7-1 and one Minnesota team that if they start putting points up on Buffalo this week, which by the way... It's a teams, three and a half point spread still. Yeah. And it was seven or seven and a half. Um that's Vegas saying that Minnesota's not going to score on them. So we get a nice barometer against a good opponent of what Buffalo is without Josh Allen. That's assuming he's not playing, but he hasn't practiced all week. Coming up, we'll preview the first game of Week 10. It's Carolina against Atlanta. That's next. We'll give you our picks on Outkick 360. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. It's been five or six years now since I've been to Charlotte and the stadium with the Panthers. But here's some advice for you on the 
the weather tonight. Outkick 360 rolls on. At the time we were there, there were these big apartment condos being built right next to the stadium. And the broadcasters there were telling us before pregame that that was going to affect kicking and passing games because the wind was going to swirl a different way based on how the weather hits Charlotte downtown. They are expecting heavy rain hitting around uh, an hour or so before kickoff. And the winds will be swirling with uh, the hurricane and, and all that. So expect the weather to play a factor as we go through our picks for Thursday Night Football as Atlanta visits Carolina. This is the second meeting in 11 days. October 30th. That's ridiculous. October 30th, they uh, or 12 days. They met, because today's the 10th, right? Yep. Um, they met and went to overtime. Carolina should have won it that game. It was a great game. Went to overtime, and Atlanta ended up winning in uh, a game where they rushed for over 180 yards. You can't play the same team twice in 12 days, period. Can't. They will tonight. Can't. They should, say, they should scratch this game off the schedule. Guys, the... I think having seen the overtime game and knowing Carolina played really well and Atlanta turned it over in overtime and Carolina still lost the game and they took a helmet off and lost the game on the extra point in regulation, I would have said then, 12 days ago, you know what, I'm going to take Carolina to win at home on Thursday night football. But um, I then watched what happened to the Panthers' defense and what the Bengals did last week. And... Atlanta's winning this game and they're covering. The spread right now is two and a half. It's going to go up, I think, when people realize how bad the weather is right before kickoff. Uh, give the two and a half and take the Atlanta Falcons, who have a three-headed monster now in the backfield with Allgaier and Huntley um, backing up Cordero Patterson, who is back along with the running quarterback Marcus Mariota. Bummer for my fantasy team. I didn't realize Patterson was back until after the game had started. And uh, he had a couple touchdowns last week. I'm going to go with another touchdown tonight for him. Anytime touchdown score, I'm going to double down on that one. Cordell Patterson scores a touchdown. And I've got the Falcons minus the three in this game. So I think Falcons minus three, Patterson, anytime touchdown. That's the bet I'm going with the DraftKings. Paul? Falcons minus two and a half. Uh, Deontay Foreman, a uh, touchdown anytime. And I threw in uh, Carolina under 24 and a half points. $5 gets you 30. So okay. Falcons minus two and a half. Carolina under 24 and a half. Uh, Foreman with the touchdown. Five will get you 30. Outkick.com slash bet is where you can go to join us. Outkick.com slash bet. For all of the games this week in college, pro, your parlays, future bets, Again, outkick.com slash bet. P.J. Walker, that touchdown pass, um, that bomb that he hit, amazing. I would love for the weather to be fine and see that on display. I just think we're not going to see very much of that tonight. It's one of those that if it's going to be bad, be so bad that it's a spectacle type games. Yeah. When the weather's just kind of bad, it's not, it's, it's not fun for anyone. Offenses suffer and you don't get the visuals of crazy things happening. I think about that Bills-Patriots game a year ago and that cold wind Yes, yes. where uh, the Patriots, did they throw it two or three times the whole game or something like yeah. that and won the game? <laughs> something like that is the memorable 
weather games you want to see. They did what the Titans have been doing the last two weeks in perfectly fine weather. What I'm saying <laughs> is for the, the, the weather just needs to go all in. Don't be half in. No half measures of the weather. Yeah. It's either really bad and memorable or just if it's kind of bad and the yeah, offense is struggle, it's not good. Don't half ruin the game. Right. Uh, speaking of Titans-Broncos, Paul, just with the game plans, we know what the game plan would be, and it probably will be similar. This It's, it's Henry. Um, what is the injury status of Traylon Burks? Have they done anything? Traylon Burks has said that he uh, – he said yesterday he expects to play. Uh, I talked to him today, and he said if he doesn't play, it's not because he's not conditioned. And Mike Vrabel went into decent detail yesterday about um, – the things you can do to stay in condition, lower body nowadays in the pool, the gravity things uh, that take some of your body weight and stuff. And what is Burks listed as here? Uh, oh, he's not listed because he's in the window, so he doesn't he doesn't but, get an injury he's, designation. He's practicing. Yeah, and so is Tannehill. Yeah, that means they can throw it theoretically more. Uh, Burks would be defended by one of the top corners, if not the best corner in the NFL, and Patrick Sertan. Um, so buckle up for that one. But the Titans have defensive issues. Simmons has said he uh, uh, further injured the ankle. He hasn't practiced this week. He's in a boot. Zach Cunningham hasn't practiced this week. Bud Dupree hasn't practiced this week. Amani Hooker hasn't practiced this week. Tier Tart hasn't practiced this week. Um, and the Broncos got, uh, are coming uh, off the bye. And Christian Fulton went from limited to not practicing with the hamstring. But you know what? I will not pick the Broncos to win this game tomorrow for upset picks. Why, Chad? Because Nathaniel of Hackett. Oh, Nathaniel Mr. Hackett. Hackett. Coach Hackett. The one and done. The right. great Nathaniel Can't Hackett. He Mike Green. We will preview the weekend tomorrow starting at 3 Eastern. Don't block the box. Lock your locks.